your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat, and today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and it'll get 20% off your next order. So again, I'm your host, Zeke Boyat, hockey wilderness writer and uh, wild podcaster here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. And on today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we're going to be discussing kind of a variety of things, including when I think the Wild will be able to be a cup contender next, uh, some of the update on the NHL and NHLPA's negotiations to start the 2020-21 season, as well as a prospect update in the third segment of the show. But before we get into all that, I just want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Wild on any whatever podcast platform you listen to. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get the newest episode of each show right as it comes out each day, and you won't have to go looking for it. So be sure to hit that subscribe button to get the latest of all Lockdown Wild shows each day. So like I said, to kind of the first segment here, it's going to be discussing when I think the Wild will be a contender next. And this kind of kind of jumps off of earlier in the week, actually uh, last week on Friday, when the Athletics' Michael Russo uh, did a fan survey on The Athletic, where he got about, I think, little over 3,000 votes from fans that subscribe to The Athletic, and which, by the way, you should go check out if you haven't. But he did that, asking for right of questions on the team's prospects, what you think about next season. And the most interesting one to me uh, was asking, when do you think the Wild will be in a Stanley Cup final next? And for this purpose, I'm going to take it as, when do you think they'll be you know, in legitimate contention for a Stanley Cup? And the majority answer, which got the most votes, was three to five years. And I thought that was interesting because... I know a lot of people will have a lot of different opinions on this. You know, there's a lot of different factors, but the way I see it is I don't think three to five years before uh, the Wild being a Stanley Cup final or being legitimately a contender is all that ridiculous, uh, especially when you consider what the moves the team has made and what, you know, based off some of the contract they've handed out, what, you know, I think their plan is probably going to be. So personally, for me, I mean, I, I can see why people would think three years is a little rich. I would agree. I think three years is a little too soon. I think they'll definitely be, a, I think if things go right, they will be a playoff team for sure in three years. But I think you're getting kind of close to more of the five-year range before they're a legitimate contender again. But I, like I said, I, I don't think three to five years before them being a contender or being able to reach the Stanley Cup final is all that ridiculous. I mean, and here's why. Because you look at some of the moves Bill Guerin has made over the past year as, when he was hired as GM. And, you know, you'd think, you know, he gave a lot, moved out a lot of veterans that have been here for a long time, like Eric Stahl, Miku Koivu, Devin Dubnik. And even before that, uh, old GM Paul Fenton moved out guys like uh, Mikhail Granlin, Jason Zucker, Nino Niederreiter, Charlie Coyle, all these guys they're all, that were just on, the, that were the makeup of the team just a couple of years ago are gone. And a lot of trades made for, you know, draft picks, prospects, and also some of the players they brought in are also, you know, kind of 28 to 30 something, kind of right in the middle of their, you know, towards the end of their primes, you know, not great players, but guys with a year left in their contract that can help the team and also be traded if needed. So, you know, originally you look at all those moves that Bill Guerin and, you know, even before him that the team has made, you'd think, hey, this is a team that's maybe aiming to be a little bit more of a rebuild, you know, try to build young, be patient, let the younger prospects and players develop and, you know, try to deal with the older guys, older veterans that have bigger contracts as best as you can. But, you know, I, I, th- I wouldn't call it a rebuild because I know a lot of people when they hear rebuild, they think, oh, this means we're going to tank. We're going to suck for five years. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the case of what rebuilding actually means. And especially in the Wilds case, because 
you know, they didn't trade all those guys for just complete draft picks. I mean, they got players back. Yes, there was, you know, the Zucker trade. They got a pick and a prospect and all this. But in trades with, you know, Stahl, Det- Dubnik, all these guys, you know, they got NHL players back. And, you know, while those guys like Nick Benito and Marcus Johansson aren't going to be around for very long on the wild, I don't think, and won't be key contributors to a contending playoff team, you know, I think that kind of signals that, hey, they're they're trying to, at while one, give the younger players and prospects some, you know, actual roster spot to play, give them time to grow, and while also trying to keep around some good, you know, good, good and skilled and uh, talented veteran players who can also, you know, help those guys out, be good leaders, and, you know, produce on their end. While, you know, because that's not a recipe to suck. I mean, if you have good young players, you know, and solid veterans like they Wild do, and Zach Parise, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter, all these guys, you know, and even in goal with Cam Talbot and Alex Stalock, you're not going to, you're not going to suck. And I don't think the Wilds' intention is to suck this year. Now, I don't think their intention is to be good this year. Like, I think it's the next season or two. Who knows whatever the season looks like, but will be more of a transition year or two uh, into the next kind of wave of players. That includes, you know, Fiala, Caprisa, Rossi, all these guys that they have in the system just joining the team. And like I said, I don't, I, I don't think it's that ridiculous that the Wild will be a Stanley could be a contender in three to five years. I mean, realistically, based off some of the moves they've made, they will have to. Otherwise, you know, Bill Guerin might be out of a job in five years. Because, I mean, you know, if if Bill Guerin was planning on the Wild not being good for a, lo- a good long while, like, you know, for three, four, five years, or he was planning on, you know, tearing down the team, he would not have signed Jared Spurgeon to a seven-year uh, record AAV contract extension, you know, a month after he was hired as GM. And he would not have signed Jonas Burdine to a seven-year six million per season extension just a couple of months ago like you know yes you could say hey, he just wants to keep you know a good solid part of his team around good teammates well like locker room and all that and while that could be true i think by signing you know guys like spurgeon and brody into big contract extensions you know kind of into their mid to late 30s for both of them respectively i think that signals that the wild and bill garen don't plan on being bad for a long time and they plan on you know with the guys on the offensive side like fiala caprisov and rossi you know, hopefully in three, two, three, four years, be transitioning and back into a being a contending team, being a good playoff team again. And like I said, I just don't think their plan is to be bad. Uh, I think with some of the contracts, like I said, with Spurgeon and Brody, and they have signed some of the breaks that they've got and Fiala getting him in a trade and drafting Rossi at ninth overall. I do not think that they're planning to be bad, as I said. And I also think it's not totally unreasonable to think that, hey, in three or four years, this team will be potentially a contender again. And, you know, you look, if their their team will be a little bit older, yes, that is true, but they will also still probably be good. They got a couple, a few good prospects on D and, you know, Callan Addison, Ryan O'Rourke, uh, Damon Hunt, and Brennan Manel. So hopefully one or two of those guys can develop into a good kind of top four, middle four kind of player on the back end. And, you know, they'll still hopefully... Up front on forward, they'll have Fiala, Kaprizov, Rossi, you know, maybe even a Matt Boldy and Adam Beckman, you know, and even there's still guys like Jordan Greenway and Jules Erksonek. So again, no one knows what these prospects or players are going to turn out to be, and no one knows exactly how, you know, their veterans like Spurgeon, Brodin, Suter, Freezy, all these guys are going to, you know, how they're going to look and how they're going to be playing in two or three seasons. But I think it is reasonable to expect that the Wild will be contender in three to five years. And I would say that at the very least, five years from now, you can expect the Wild to be a legitimate playoff contending team, and maybe even sooner if they get a couple more breaks and you know some of their younger players and prospects pan out, as we all hope. So you know, that was just kind of my thoughts on that. And coming up on the next segment of Locked on Wild, I'm going to just be discussing a kind of recent update today that came out on the negotiations between the NHL and the NHLPA as they try to uh, get their plans going for the start of this upcoming season. 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors and 6 new flavors such as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake, Built Bar is the best tasting energy bar ever. They're covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, but while also tasting great and having those great flavors that you love, they're great for the health conscious person, they can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Our, the Built Bars have just... You know, for example, peanut butter, they have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. So again, you're getting something that a nice bar here in Built Bar that tastes good, that has the great flavors that you love, but you also know is good for you. And you can know that while at the same time I'm eating something that tastes good and putting something in my body that will, you know, not be good for me and that will that will not harm me and will actually do good for me. So Built Bar, great product, great flavors, great taste, great health benefits. You should definitely go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. And we're back here on Lockdown Wild on this Monday afternoon discussing some wild news as well as some NHL news. And come in this segment, we're just going to be discussing some of the recent developments between negotiations and the NHL and NHLPA for this upcoming season. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to remind you all for on Wednesdays to not miss Wild Flashback, a series I started a couple of weeks ago where each Wednesday I take a look back at a significant moment in Wild history. So be sure to check that out tomorrow afternoon when that podcast releases, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So like I said, we're just going to talk about some of the negotiations going on between the NHL and the NHLPA, and the newest kind of update uh, came from on uh, the Kevin McGran from the Sun or the Star, sorry, in Toronto today, who had an article on the talks between the NHL and the NHLPA and some of the similarities he thought there were between the negotiations this season and back in the 2012-2013 lockout. And you know, like I, I talked about kind of this same kind of thing on the podcast last week on an episode, which you should definitely check out if you want a little more context. But essentially is that the NHL and NHLPA agreed to a new CBA uh, over the summer about four or five months ago as part of the return to play package with the players. And it went along fairly quickly. They got it done. There was no no really fighting, no argument. And we thought, okay, hey, we're going to have labor peace in the NHL for another six years. We'll get our playoffs. It'll all be great. And, you know, and we thought that would be the same going into the negotiations to start up next season. But unfortunately, the last two, three weeks, uh, things kind of hit a snag as the owners supposedly came back and were asking the players for, you know, an inc- for an increase in escrow and a little bit more salary deferments, which obviously the players don't like. And, you know, they've kind of been like, hey, we agreed to a deal. Why won't you just honor this deal? Like, why are you coming back at us trying to change it? And their argument is that if the players went to the owners and said, hey, we want to change this to the deal or that the deal, that the owners would laugh at them, they'd shoot them down and they argue that, you know, every time this happens, it seems like the owners get to just kind of make the decisions themselves and come to the players and they can say whatever they want and not really worry about it. But now the players and the owners, it seems, have kind of hit a disagreement on the escrow payments, increasing those percentages, as well as the salary deferrals into the last few years of the CBA. And the update today is that, you know, every week, the last two or three weeks, we've gotten, okay, this is the big week to determine when the NHL is going to start and it will start by January 1st. And you know, that's been kind of annoying because every week you hear that and it's like, okay, well, that hasn't happened. So why should we think that is going to be this week? So, you know, already they are saying this week, but basically the update today is that, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting is that according to Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star again, that 
you know, the players in the NHLPA, uh, the Gary Batten, the NHL commissioner, and the head of the NHLPA, Donald Fair, have not talked or had formal negotiations for more than a week now since uh, before Thanksgiving. And, you know, that's obviously concerning. And while, again, the article, it says in the article, and there's been many reports that said there have been discussions between the two sides, there has been nothing like formal and no progress has been made yet, which, you know, for for what was thought to be a potential January 1st start is not a good sign and just doesn't seem, you know, hopeful for that January 1st start now. But essentially is the two sides haven't really talked or negotiated seriously the last week or so, and they have not, you know, made any real progress towards this on this deal and getting it approved for next season. So again, it's just kind of a crappy situation all around because you don't, you just hope this doesn't get even worse and there's not even more, you know, fighting that's out in the public like with ml major league baseball earlier this summer because you know right now with the state of the world and how people you know financially or even just personally are doing you know a lot of just average people you know are just not are just barely clinging by or be able to able barely being able to pay for things like you know their their rent their house their food or even don't have a job and then you have you know millionaires and billionaires fighting each other over money which you can i can understand both sides like again this isn't saying they're you know, it's bad that the players are, you know, are standing up for their deal and trying to get the money that they were, uh, that they signed in their contract. But it's just, it would not be a good look, you know, obviously for the league and the players to be fighting about something like this right now. And I guess the most interesting update from this article today was that uh, when they were negotiating for the CBA for the return to play in the new CBA, uh, that uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bretman sprung a memorandum of understanding on the Board of Governors, which is most NHL owners, and they unanimously endorsed it. They all of them approved it. But now, according to Kevin McGran, it's believed that some voted merely on Bettman's recommendation. So essentially what it's saying is that, you know, some of the owners didn't really even read or look through the agreement that deeply. And they just voted based on Gary Bettman saying, hey, you should do this. You should do this. But and according to Kevin McGran, now after having read the MOU and, so, and, you know, an agreement on the CBA that was passed earlier this summer, a lot of owners are unhappy with it. And that's why they've came back asking for more, for more money. So. You know, that's, that was a little weird because it's like, you know, you're agreeing on something that's so important, like the collective bargaining agreement and trying to get the playoffs done, and you didn't even read what the agreement was. Like, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, you're the owners of an NHL team. I mean, I don't, again, I understand some of their point is that they've lost a lot of money and the NHL is hitting it hard. But if you're agreeing on something as important as, you know, trying to come up with a new CBA, trying to come to an agreement with the Players Association on salary deferments, escrow payments, and they're just their contracts in general, so we can get the next season going. Why wouldn't you read this memorandum of understanding that the, the commissioner sent to you? Like, why would you just take his word for it? And then, you know, just not really worry about it. Like, it, I mean, I'm, I might be missing some of the story here. Like, we don't obviously don't know everything. But it just seems very odd that the NHL owners, you know, who are, you know, having as much money as them and have, being as smart as they are, wouldn't read the agreement like it, it's just kind of mind-boggling and just frustrating that it seems that this negotiation between the two sides is heading down a bad path and while i i'm still hopeful that you know they'll be able to get it done and they'll will i think they will still have a season uh i'm pretty sure of that it's just not a good look and i and you know hopefully they don't get too much public back and forth bickering between the sides because we do not need a kind of that kind of situation like we've had in the past with the other lockouts right now it's just not needed at all and like I said, you know, the big, I guess the other big point out of this is that, you know, it seems like a January 1st start date is likely almost impossible. It hasn't been confirmed yet. You know, people are still saying that was still the target date, but based off everything that's being said, it just doesn't seem like at all that the NHL 
is going to be able to start on January 1st, which is unfortunate. But so, yeah, no, that's just kind of an update on the current negotiations between the seasons in the NCAA. We're back here on Lockdown Wild discussing, uh, you know, the negotiations between the NHL and the NHLPA, uh, you know, when the Wild can be a contender again. And as been coming up in this third segment here, I'm going to be just giving you all an update on the Wild's prospects. But before we get into that, I just want to let remind you all that uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. You can follow my personal account on Twitter at ZBWildNation underscore HW. And you can also email into the show any questions for mailbag, comments at any time, or any guests or segment suggestions that you may have. Please send them to our email at LockdownWild at gmail.com. I'd very much love to hear from you. So be sure to do that. And uh, before we get into the segment, I just want to remind you all that on Monday on Lockdown NHL, don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Lockdown NHL. Every Monday, Lockdown Kings host Sarah of Bompado, hopefully I'm saying that name right, interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get podcasts. So again, like I said, just in this segment here, we're going to be discussing, giving you all an update on the Wilds prospects that are currently playing in leagues throughout the world. And first up of note is the three, I think actually four Wild prospects that are currently playing for Boston College uh, in the NCAA and Hockey East Conference. And they started their, their season this past uh, couple days uh, against UMass. And, you know, of note, obviously Wilds first rounder 2019, Matt Boley, who was selected 12th overall a year ago has had a very good start to a season the first two games with a goal and three assists for four points. He had, four, like I said, four points in two games, had a couple nice assists and a nice goal. And he was actually today, you know, a couple of notes that are around him that he was named the Hockey East Player of the Week in the conference. And he was also invited to um, uh, be one of the finalists and on the preliminary roster of the United States World Junior Championship team. So, you know, congrats to him on both of those, uh, you know, honors. It's It's great to see him continuing to play well after a rough start to his college career, collegiate career last year. He's really improved the end of last season and had a great two-game start to this year. So we're excited to see what uh, Matt Boldy continues to do and hopefully continues to develop well. And also on Boston College, the Wild have three other prospects, uh, Jack McBain, Nikita Nestorenko, and Marshall Warren. Uh, McBain, after a couple of years where he hasn't scored a ton, but he, he still is a big center with some good uh, playmaking, shooting abilities, offensive talent, who had a first Great, also a good first couple of games. In the first two games, he has two goals. So good to see him going, having a good start. And also Nikita Nestorenko, who in his freshman season has started off with uh, two points, a goal and assist in his first two games. So again, good for both of those guys. And lastly, in the Boston College Wild Prospects, defenseman Marshall Warren in his two games has had had an assist on a goal in the first game against UMass. So like I said, good to see Boldy, Nestorenko, you know, Warren and uh, Jack McBain, sorry all performing well on the same team. So again, good sign having, you know, it's weird to have four prospects in the same team, much less the college team, but they've all been having a really good uh, start, early start to the season. And so I guess we'll move over to Europe a little bit. And the, you know, the most notable, well, maybe not the most notable prospect, but Alexander Havanov, who after some early turmoil in the KHL and not performing very well, not getting much ice time, has had a very good uh, stint down in the VHL, which is essentially the Russian uh, AHL, their minor league, where in 12 games played, he has produced over a point per game with four goals, nine assists for 13 points in 12 games. So again, good to see uh, Havanov trying to hopefully picking up some confidence, hopefully realizing that, hey, I've got to earn my spot in the lineup in the KHL. And hopefully he's, you know, learning to, like we've kind of read that he has a bit of a temper and maybe, you know, doesn't always take 
even constructive criticism all that well hopefully i mean we see, he we know he's producing well in the vhl and hopefully he's gaining a little more confidence going hey i just gotta be patient i just gotta i gotta continue to improve continue to play well and hopefully he gets a call up to the khl sometime soon and can you know play better more consistently and get a better spot line because he is a very talented player at center at the center position and a good prospect for the wild who we still hope could potentially be kind of a middle six center for the wild someday so good to see him performing well and just a couple other european won't go too in-depth in these guys but uh simon johansson with the uh, jur gardens if and the swiss and the, the swedish hockey league sorry has three assists in 13 games and also the wild first round pick philip johansson with Forlunda and the shl has two points a goal and assists in 16 games played for them so that's kind of the most notable wild prospects that have been playing uh, over the last recently, I mean, you also got guys like Vladislav Firstoff, who's had his assist in two games, and Marco Rossi, who, after recovering from having COVID-19, uh, it seems like he's doing well, has, uh, I think, played in a game for ZSC today. And it's, you know, we're still determining whether or not he will be on the World Junior Team for Austria or he will come to wild training camp whenever the season starts. So that it'll be a good idea to keep an eye on Rossi, see where he's playing, see how he does in the Swiss League. But, you know, aside from that, that's kind of really all that's going on in wild prospects right now. A good start for the BC prospects and, you know, also for, you know, guys like Jack McBain, Matt Boldy, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of, I think it's going to be it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Uh, sorry, I did not uh, get this episode on Monday. I had some things I had to do on Sunday night. So, uh, I did uh, delay this recording, obviously, to doing it on Monday, and you will hear this on Tuesday, or maybe not. Maybe I'll release it late Monday, but either way, you can expect this uh, episode of Locked on Wild up by Tuesday morning. And uh, just before we go, I just want to remind you all to subscribe to Locked on Wild wherever you get your podcasts. We're on whatever podcast platform you could possibly listen to. If you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Wild each day as it comes out. You don't have to do anything or go have to go find it. And also, again, you can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. And you can also follow me on Twitter at CBWildNation underscore HW. And you can also email the show on Gmail at our email address at LockdownWild at gmail.com. And you can send, again, any mailbag questions, segment guest ideas, whatever. I'd be really happy to hear from you. So be sure if you have any of those, send them my way. And before we go, I just want to remind you to check out any of the other Lockdown Minnesota podcasts after you listen to the show, such as Lockdown Timberwolves, who, like I've said the last few times, have been doing a lot of great uh, post-draft coverage and off-season coverage over there, and also Lockdown Vikings, who have been doing a very good job, obviously, as usual, with their coverage of the Vikings season as they try to make a push for the playoffs, and also Lockdown Gophers, who have been covering the recent uh, Gopher sports, Gopher football, Gopher hockey. So be sure to check those out in any of the other Lockdown Podcast Network shows for all the great sports content that our, all of our hosts provide. So again, thanks for listening to another episode of Lockdown Wild. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat, and I will see you on Wednesday.